I believe operating and coaching is going to drastically help my, you know, career, improve my career down the road. And I think it really just comes down to not to, you know, toot my own horn or toot the company's horn, but really just having an unfair advantage. I think the biggest thing is, you know, number one, confidence, and then just the skill set I've built over the years through that sales, marketing, recruiting, and coaching is just going to be a massive. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Super excited about the young leader I have on today. His name's Phil Lombardo. So he is fourth year in our program. So two years as operator, and then in his third year, literally doubled the size of his business and earned the opportunity to be a coach. Uh, so this year he's running a business and also a coach, exceeding at a really, really high level. And we just had a fantastic conversation about the things that Phil's gotten through the program you know, seen through the you know first three years uh, operating really around a pandemic or in and around a pandemic. And then this year, sort of coming out of that and just the lessons he's learned and, um, you know, wise beyond his years is, is, is sort of a term I would definitely use to reflect on, on Phil and all that he's gained from the program. So, um, you know, why we do these podcasts is to uh, share the great work that we're doing within the program and really to attract other Phil Lombardos. So, you know, do you know any young leaders who are looking to set themselves apart or looking to gain more skills and have a big future in front of them? If you do, please share this podcast with them. Uh, send them to our website, studentworks.com, or you could shoot me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com. We uh, start our recruiting in the summer of 2023 for 2024. By the fall, we'll be complete. So there's only a limited window of when we're recruiting. Thanks so much. Have a super fantastic day. So Phil, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you for having me, Chris. Really, uh, really excited to be here today with you. Me too. Me too. Yeah, excited to do this. So thanks so much. So why don't we take it back from before you were in the program? So explain who Phil Lombardo was before the program. Yeah. So um, before the program, um, I guess the year I you know joined the program, I was a second year uh, business student at Algonquin College. Because I was in a two-year program, really felt like I was on somewhat of an aimless path. I didn't feel like I had that full, like, you know, four years in school, um, really time to, you know, figure out who I am, figure out what I want. Right. Um, so I was a little bit nervous for what, you know, the future would hold. Yeah. Because of that, you know, spent most of my days partying, you know, I didn't shy away from playing video games, right? Uh, wasn't really working, you know, toward the path of success or, you know, right. kind of my day to day did not look like, you know, anything what it looks like now. So, you know, it was, <laughs> you know, just your average student, uh, you know, going through my day to day and, um, you know, was obviously looking for something that could, you know, uh, potentially change, you know, my career path or my life in general. Okay. Okay. And so walk me through your experience of your first summer. That was four years ago. Yeah. Uh, starting off, you know, I think the first thing uh, I have to mention is COVID, right? Starting off your first business in a pandemic wasn't exactly how I envisioned it in my head to, you know, say the least. Yeah. But, you know, looking back, you know, everything aside, like just looking at it from a business standpoint, 
I'm very glad, you know, I was put in a position where I had to face some resistance right off the bat, right? Um, in business, you are going to get, you know, slapped around a little bit. And I think that, you know, my first experience stepping right in, yeah. having something that, you know, there's so much pushback right off the bat was really healthy for, um, you know, myself and, you know, in my business career moving forward. But COVID aside, it was, you know, a very nerve wracking and growth filled experience. I remember from my first marketing sessions, not being able to get words out of the door to, you know, three, four months later, closing $12,000 jobs with, you know, no smile, no, you know, little grin. Right. So, right. Um, totally a massively, uh, you know, growth filled experience. Um, and then going into production, which is really where, you know, the business is created. Right. Yeah. Um, you can learn how to sell. You can learn how to market. But uh, the production is really where the business hits. So started off the season, you know, working those 12 to 14 hour days, typically what they say you should be expecting. And I was really just running around everywhere with limited structure. Right. Wasn't following a calendar, uh, you know, wasn't keeping up with my painters as, you know, I needed to. Right. Didn't really have the systems in place, you know, uh, to set myself up for success. Right. Um, and then by the end of the summer, I was trying to find things to do with my free time. Right. right. I had great chats with my business coach, uh, Luke Fenn. And, you know, really set myself up for success. So then come, you know, July, August, I could relax a little bit more, put more time into the sales side of things and really just, you know, you know, sit back with the amazing business I built. I created. Yeah. No. And I, I remember that first summer as well. One of the one of the challenges that we had is we weren't able to run the trainings that we normally ran. I know. I guess that's right. We we, we ended up running uh, our first trainings on Zoom ever. Now now we run them regularly, you know, and, mm -hmm. and um, I know Luke in particular did an amazing job during the pandemic, was very creative, uh, created a lot of the new structures that we have, running weekly team meetings with all our teams. And, and you know, he was the first one to do that and having senior members of the team uh, played leadership roles. And again, he was the first one to do that. Now we all do that and, and have, share, have vets take more structured leadership roles within the business. And um, But there's no question that we didn't have as much hands-on activity that summer because of the pandemic. We weren't able to run as many paint trainings as normal. And, like we couldn't get started until middle of May. So that was uh, you know quite an impact. But uh, pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. So that was your first summer. So really stretched, really grew. Totally. What about your second summer? Why don't you walk us through, you know, and, and you were a Mexico level operator. Why don't you walk us through that second summer? Yeah, my, my second summer um, was another, you know, amazing summer. I had actually um, switched turfs. Mm -hmm. So I went from where I operated in my first year to Lindsay. Yeah. And then I'd switched to Carleton Place just outside of Ottawa. Okay. And that's the summer where I really started to, you know, put in, like I mentioned, kind of touched on systems in that last little bit about my first yeah. summer. That's where I really locked in on, you know, my systems. Like I like to say systems set you free. Yes. And that's where I, you know, totally started to understand that a little bit more. So in my second year, I had an amazing production manager named Keaton. He was actually, uh, you know, my roommate at the time. Yeah. And my main goal was to turn him into me. Okay. You know? Not in the way that, you know, he has the same haircut or the same outfit as me, but, you know, I was really looking to, you know, create and enroll people in the business so that I could step into more of that, you know, business owner role, you right. know, being on the business instead of in it. Right. So I think the biggest thing, kind of the, the biggest switch um, from year one to year two is I didn't rush the process. I didn't feel that 
everything needed to be just right now, right now, right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I found I ended up saving myself a lot of time by putting more time into people at the start, setting the proper expectation with, you know, um, whether it be your production manager, your painters, or, you know, even your window cleaners on the window cleaning side. Right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And so what did you learn that you didn't expect in your first couple summers? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, stepping into, you know, um, student works, I knew I would learn about business, about, you know, sales, about marketing. Of course, I'd learn about painting, right? It'd be pretty hard to not learn about painting. Yeah. But the thing that stands out the most is in the name of the business, student works management program. Mm -hmm. And I found it wasn't like just how to manage people. I think the hardest part for me to learn and like the biggest thing I've taken away is how to manage myself. Um, you know, your day to day, um, managing your mindset, yeah. um, after, you know, maybe a, a bad sales week or a great sales week being so, yeah. uh, managing your confidence and overall, you're just like willingness to succeed yeah. in the program in the future. I think that was the the biggest thing that kind of, you know, kind of stopped my business growth at the start of my first year was I wasn't even following a calendar. Yeah. Right? It's like, how am I managing other people if I can't even manage myself? Right. right. So totally. I think like the that, you know, emphasis on management was the biggest thing that, you know, maybe I felt I already had, mm-hmm. but totally was, you know, levels away from where I am today in terms of managing myself. And then that honestly or obviously leads on to others in your business as well. Yeah. And I would say, you know, there's there'd be a high percentage of students on campus who really aren't following a calendar the way we teach following a calendar. You know, I think that would be very common. Mm-hmm. And then so how can you run something, you know, $100,000, $200,000 plus business, or this year with all the operators, you know, just that you're working with as well, just a massive, massive business. Again, there's just no way we can do it without, you know, as you mentioned, structures and systems to set us free. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, 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 we show up everywhere. So if, if we're not managing, again, our confidence, our, our attitude, our mindset, it's just going to make such a, such a big impact. So was it as hard as you thought it would be? I would have to say yes and no. Okay. And I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't listened to every single episode of the podcast. Sure, sure that not too many people say no. Right. Um, you know, it, it, you know, it is totally, you know, a tough thing to do. Um, stepping into business as, um, you know, either a young student or young professional. I would say yes because this isn't a summer job, mm-hmm. right? It's a commitment that you are making to a lot of people yourself. Right your painters, your clients, right. um, your friends, you know, if that's, uh, you know, really part of it. Um, and it's, you know, obviously more demanding than other positions that are offered to, you know, students or young professionals. But biggest thing why I'd say no is I was never in a position where I worked as much as I did. And I was still excited about, you know, getting up, getting better every single day. Um, you know, I had a summer in a labor position working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. And trust me, every morning I woke up was a punch the pillow. I don't want to do it. There's no group here. Right. Right. So, you know, I learned more and more every day. I started, you know, delegating tasks. I, I turned my business into a well-oiled machine and I loved playing that game mm-hmm. every day. What can I do that makes my business that much better? Right. That I can, you know, um, delegate this out and spend time doing something else, spend more time with family, with friends. Yeah. So overall, yes, you know, uh, a very hard, you know, um, first summer. Mm-hmm. But um, in the way that, you know, I was able to 
actually for the first time in my life be in a position of power. I loved every second of it. Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a great perspective. You know, hard but not not hard. You know, it's I, I love the choose your hard, mm-hmm. right? You know, life is going to be hard no matter what, but we really? get to choose our hard and here you get a lot more freedom, a lot more opportunity, a lot more personal growth, you know, every day you create, you know, so, so, you know, when you're working 60, 70 hours a week in construction, you know, you're just day, you know, <laughs> go and do what the boss says. And that's, that's, your, that's, your, exactly. that, that was the one decision you made that day. I'm, I'm staying employed. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you have to overcome to make this, uh, this happen in your first year? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is like how I mentioned um, in like, you know, my labor kind of construction position every day I'd wake up, um, you know, want to punch the pillow, not want to get out of mm-hmm. bed, do this or do that. I think to, you know, make this happen and to have a successful summer, I had to become someone who didn't, you know, look to make excuses whenever they could. Okay. Um, you know, in past to be, uh, you know, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. Yeah. You know, although I'm sure that's an option for some people, it wasn't an option for me in the program, right? right. There's, there's not excuses. There's just results, mm-hmm. point blank, period. Right. Uh, we talk about it a lot, but your input directly correlates your output, right? As long yeah. as you keep chomping at the bit, um, your results will come. So I found myself, you know, like I said, really having to um, just become someone who didn't look for excuses, someone who was looking for growth in every aspect, um, you know, that I could. Okay. So you had two really strong, you know, your first and your second year, and then this past year, your third year, you really jumped up. You, uh, you know, literally doubled your business uh, well over 200 K. And so what was different about your third summer? What occurred in your third summer? So between my first two summers, um, I think that the sales and marketing side, you know, I, I could have handled, I could have grew. Um, I didn't feel like that was the biggest issue. It was totally the production side that, uh, you know, slowed me down in my first two years. I just didn't have the manpower to be, you know, producing as much as I wanted to. So I had to stop selling, right? Maybe market as much. Okay. And I really stuck to the, you know, ABR, um, always be recruiting in this last year. Right. I think going into the summer last year, we had maybe five painters and by midsummer we were up to nine and 10. Wow. Right. So we started from, you know, two crews moving up to four crews midsummer. And those were some amazing painters. I think, uh, you know, some of the best people that uh, I'd ever worked with were the ones we brought on midsummer. Um, so they really allowed me to, you know, have confidence in selling more work, you know, uh, mm-hmm. got to the point where every week I was looking, okay, I have to book this much, like X amount in work because we got to keep everybody working next week. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was good. It was the first time I had outproduced myself. Yes. And um, that was, you know, a pretty good feeling. People get, you know, nervous about that. I, I think you should kind of, you know, strive to uh, outproduce yourself and then keep going, right? Um, nothing's going to push you to sell more. Yes. And uh, looking at, yes. you know, eight hardworking students in the <laughs> yeah. face and say, we're not working next week, right? So yeah. um, I think that was the biggest thing. Um, I also had, you know, Keaton, my production manager that I mentioned earlier, yeah. was returning. So he could really just fully take that production off my hands. Right. My job was to sell, recruit, and then manage the business from a higher level. Well, that's that's awesome. And and last year was uh, all basically we've had three years that are very unlike any others. You know, in, in impacted by the pandemic, very difficult to find labor. 
So to be able to be in that situation, again, speaks to, mm-hmm. you know, just again, your ADR and really, really practicing recruiting, 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 you know, we're hoping and, and starting to get signals that things are shifting in the economy that is starting to get more uh, like past times or easier, at least it's getting easier to recruit, which is, which is great. And, and I think you pointed out something so important in our business. There's always been like this fear of running out of work, you know, and it's kind of a, an irrational thing. It's like, no, we want to get the work done so we can sell more, build people's businesses more. So in that stress of having to produce or sorry, having to perform for your team, that's a wonderful stress. So I'm and I'm hoping more and more operators this year will be able to feel that stress because of the recruiting market shifted and and uh, and and again you know you keep growing your business throughout the entire summer. So as I see you did last year because you were just selling and selling and selling well into the well into the later parts of the season. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So, uh, you know, I know this season you've come on and are uh, really performing well as a coach. So you've got, you know, five operators who are winning in the business. I guess we're recording this April 18th, 2023. So what what had you become interested in becoming a coach? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing was looking at that kind of next level in not only my own business, but in, you know, personal growth. You know, how many doors can I open? while I'm, you know, with the company, how long can I be with the company? Right. And I kind of like, you know, I speak to uh, a few of the other veterans in the company, um, some of my close friends, Tyson Naylor, Greg Bell. And and we talk about, you know, the biggest things that you can get away from or, you know, take away from number one, like operating. Right. And I think operating shows you, number one, how to, you know, really follow systems, um, you know, uh, shows you the, you know, basics of starting to run the business, especially in your first couple of years, you really take that to, you know, a higher level in your veteran years. Right. But then on top of that, you know, just really how to like work hard, right. Um, you know, be results oriented and push from that um, aspect while the coaching side can bring you so much more. Right. We see people who are now into consulting who, you know, um, kind of like to coach in the company. I find a lot of coaches kind of talk about that as their their next out, you know, if they, you know, eventually move on from the company. And I just think, you know, being someone who can right. not only, you know, run an amazing business, but can, you know, show people how to run an amazing business is a wonderful, you know, skill to have. On top of I get to, you know, coach I think most of my team is, you know, 18, 19, pretty young team. I get to show these students, you know, how to run, you know, the exact same business that I can truthfully say changed my life. Awesome. I think that's just amazing to have. I get to 
hop on meetings with them after, you know, 10, 15 K sales weeks and see those smiles and right. you know, see how proud they are of their hard work. I think that's amazing. So um, not only, you know, is there uh, yeah. the side of moving up in the company from the coaching, yeah, but also just, you know, I get to, you know, share this amazing program that, uh, you know, was shared with me. I was a, you know, borderline referral as well. Luke's always going to say that I was a referral. I, I found the company a little bit uh, naturally as well, but um, right. yeah, it's, uh, you know, been an amazing uh, process moving from, you know, operator to business coach. That's great. That's great. And uh, yeah, it is, it is obviously invigorating, you know, taking people who don't know and to, you know, just, just, you know, wow, they're really running, you know, a successful business. I know again, not haven't launched yet, but, but, you know, very clearly show the, the capability of launching and, and, and running a profitable business, which is so fun. What surprised you most about coaching? Hmm. So far, I think um, how much it's changed my business is a really big thing. Just how I've been enrolling people, um, you know, I kind of talk about, I've touched on enrollment a couple times. That's really the biggest thing in your business. You need to enroll people. And I found by having less time, I just need that next level of yeah. enrollment, yeah. next level delegation. And I'm in, you know, my business this year. This is the first time where I don't have that returning production manager. I'm working with a new production manager, Ethan. He's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, he's still very yeah. new to the program, new to painting, new to sales, new to marketing. Um, so really having to, you know, step up in that way. So, you know, again, I can step back, put as much time into um, uh, my coaching as well. Another thing would be just over time, uh, I start to notice things, right? You know, in my business, you know, things in my rookie year that something would have popped up, say, for example, um, one of my operators last week messaged me and goes, have you seen your email? I'm like, yeah, I've seen my email. I look at my email a lot, right? <laughs> and um, he goes, I just got three leads in the past hour by doing nothing. Right. I'm like, wait, 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 pause. What do you mean you did nothing? Right. Right. And he goes, well, I, I just woke up, right? And I have three leads sitting in my inbox. I'm like, do you not see that you working, you know, marketing, knocking on doors in January and February is the reason why you have these three leads in your inbox? Yeah. It, so small things like that, um, that, you know, I kind of now click into, I totally would not have recognized that Yeah. in my first summer yeah. um, that I just totally see now. So, you know, those kind of yeah. results pay off. I guess that's not something I've learned so much from coaching, but just kind of been surprising. Yeah. I totally see that, Phil, and it's and it's helping you then get to to be able to help clarify actually the game. There's a game going on, and and understandably, our rookie operators really don't understand or understand it at a different level. And it's like, no, it's it's. And what about those lawn signs? And what about all those conversations you had? And then you know, certainly one of the things is then uh, it's a big reason why in our second year our vets are just that much more committed. To putting inputs in January, February, March, because they see that what looks like, well, didn't really work all that well. It's later on. Oh my gosh. Like I know Mac Mercier, our, our record holder, you know, 600K while at Queens, full time student, um, you know, he would show all the marketing that his team members did and he did during January, February, March, in April. And then he wouldn't do any more marketing later, but all the calls that would come in later. And that he would he would link all this civil business to to mm -hmm. to January February March and so again in his fourth year he continued to see 
all that so that early on, you know, those cold days in Ottawa, no problem. Let's just keep going out. Let's just keep going out. And so there's just this this different level of understanding of how the business works. Of course, we try to coach that. We kind of train that. We try to illuminate that. But it really not until you all of a sudden wake up and you go, there's three leads here for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then maybe turning into five or $6,000 by the end of the weekend. Oh my gosh, because those leads are even way better leads than the ones we canvass, right? You know, quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're reaching out to us, right? They want us to, uh, they want us to come by. Absolutely. It's awesome. And so how do you think, you know, being a coach will help your career long-term? I guess uh, I believe operating and coaching is going to, you know, drastically, you know, help my, you know, career, improve my career down the road. Yeah. And I think it really just comes down to not to, you know, toot my own horn or toot the company's horn, but really just having an unfair advantage, you know, whether it's, you know, a resume or, you know, a skill set that could be, you know, uh, completely beyond my years being in my early twenties, you know, when applying for jobs, of course, you know, having this experience in marketing, sales, recruiting, and now even coaching. I, I totally believe, you know, it will be uh, an absolute standout among candidates, right? Um, especially that person who, you know, I took a two-year business program, right? So I was out of school when most people are in their, you know, second year right. or third year, um, continuing to work on the business and just building up my skill sets. Mm-hmm. And I think even having the confidence, uh, I think confidence is massive going into my career down the road. Yeah, You know, I now know how to, you know, start my own business, whether that's within student works or beyond student works by having run a successful one in the past, right? It immediately puts me into action instead of years of guessing and second guessing, right? Uh, and a lot of people look to start a business and they're just, there's so much uncertainty for those first, whether it's six months, 12 months, 24 months, um, that holds them back from just getting into action. I know what works, you know? Um, I know what I can do to instantly see results or at mm-hmm. least, you know, start building to see those results in the future. If it's more of kind of like a slower drip, I guess you could say. Right. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, number one, confidence, and then just the skill set I've built over the years through that um, sales, marketing, recruiting, um, and coaching is just going to be a massive, uh, you know, touch on that as well. Um, Especially, you know, uh, my plan is, you know, as long as you guys are uh, willing to have me around, I'm, uh, you know, willing to, uh, you know, stay and continue coaching for years, um, just from what I've learned. You know, this year, like I said, how it's transforming my business, um, you know, geez, I, I don't even know what what I could learn for the next three, right? It, it's going to be an amazing process. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know it's, it's one of the big things I think that people get. And I, you know, I talk about this quite often, but I remember in my first year kind of hanging out at payroll events and I'd be like, oh, we're just so much further ahead. There's Keener, Chris, right? <laughs> but like, they, I was just like, wow, look, look at look at all the stuff we're learning that other people aren't learning. And that's that's always what's attracted me to the business. That's always what's really had me get so excited and stay excited. And what and so for me, it's, I know how to create value in the marketplace once I did this program. So it's like, I could, like you said, I could market, I could sell, I could recruit, I could create profit. And that what any, you know, however people want to leave the program, they'll not forget just again, what it's like to be the owner of that business. And so you think like an owner, not that you are an owner, but you'll always think like an owner and you'll, you know, and again, not get caught up, I hope in the politics of the business, but just in how do I create value? How do I create value? How do I create value? And knowing that the person who creates value will get paid 
you know, because because you know, or ultimately, then you'll leave uh, to a company that does recognize and represent, you know, reward those people. But but again, most people, you know, will go and and uh, reward those people. You know, so that's the big thing I think that people get, and, and again, at such a young age. So, what key habits would someone want to steal from you, Phil? Yeah, totally. Um, maybe this isn't so much of a habit, mm-hmm. um, but I find you know a lot of people at my age um, have this crazy fear of missing out, especially you know even coaching this year. You know, I've heard that some of my operators feel like they're missing out on certain things, which is yeah. totally valid, right? Everybody needs to you know have free time and hang out with friends and go out and do what makes them happy. The biggest thing that I found, you know, from who I was from the start of the program to who I am now is I don't see the, you know, need to go out party every single weekend and frankly, you know, build a lot of fake relationships that really only exist under the influence, right? Uh, Right. If I were to go back to my hometown, there's a lot of people after eight beers that I would, you know, treat like my best friend, but then I wouldn't talk to them until I'm back in my hometown. Right. Right. So I would say the biggest thing is like that habit of building true relationships. Right. Um, you know, drinking, having fun aside, just actually being with people and having, you know, these true friends that don't just, you know, live at the bar, live, you yeah. know, in this massive setting, just having someone over, you know, being with someone and being okay, being in silence with them. You know, right. you don't feel awkward to have to do this or that. I think that's a really big habit I've started to build over the years. Um, be a lot happier with myself and happier that, you know, maybe my circles got a little bit smaller over the years that I've been more focused in on, you know, myself, my business and my, you know, growth and opportunities. And that's also bled into my business mm-hmm. um, with my painters, clients, uh, you know, uh, production managers, like I said, even my friends, right. Um, just generally appreciating people for who they are, not just uh, looking for that text every Friday, you know, what's the move? What's the plan? Yeah. Um, I, I just found that, you know, over the years, I've really stepped back from that. Although, like I said, it's important. I love going out the odd time, having sure. a great time. Um, yeah. But just being able to build those, um, you know, relationships that live outside of that ha- has done wonders in my life. And, you know, I'm positive can do wonders for a lot of people at my age as well. Yeah. The other thing as well is, is one of the great things about being a coach is, you know, you have really fantastic conversations and you discover things and people, you help people discover things about what's working in their life or it's not working in their life. And so that naturally also ends up being a conversation later. You know, like you said, it's, that's what, you know, happens just in a casual conversation, you know, and again, it's, I, I like to sort of, you know, I've been shown this sort of concept. It's kind of level one conversations, you know, just kind of it's the bar type conversation. It's the it's the cocktail type conversation, then level two conversation and level three conversation where level two is like, again, you're really sharing things that are just you'd share with your close friends. And then level level three is very, very intimate things. But to me, I want to have a life more full of level two and level three conversations, not saying don't have level one. You can't get around without level one. You know, can I have that coffee, please? Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Or, you know, <laughs> you get we're in a nice jacket. That's wonderful. You know, yep. you look super today or whatever. Those things still work. But but there is just, I think, a lot more connection in those other conversations. And again, I think, you know, we see that because that's what this company you know, facilitates is people really having real conversations or also authentic conversations are 
this isn't really working for me. You know, I'm struggling in this area. And then you go to your friends and they and friends in the program, they say, oh, here's what I'm doing. And here's what I'm doing. Again, that's very vulnerable when we do that, right? And we learn that when we're vulnerable, it works, <laughs> right? We get answers, right? And wow, these people are supportive. And isn't that wonderful, right? Where again, the person you're just drinking eight beers with, um, it's not so, uh, it's not so, uh, totally. the, the, that vulnerability doesn't happen in the same way. Yeah, I like you mentioned that because that's, um, yeah, I think one of mine and a lot of operators takeaways from uh, like first payroll events, being in a, you know, uh, a business, right, um, yeah. with a leaderboard, right, which I yeah. absolutely yeah. love the leaderboard, people think there's going to be a lot of ego. And I find there's not at all. Um, it's just like, you know, oh, you know, I see you doing amazing, yeah. you're 60,000 yeah. ahead of me, yeah. and they're just open. They're like, yeah, but this isn't going in my business, right? Not about build for the future. I, I think that's, uh, you know, an amazing point there because it, it totally is something that happens. There's no ego. Everybody's yeah. pretty humble and we're just working together. Yeah, no, I think you're right. There's, there's a real humility and, uh, and that's, and that's powerful because again, you know, a lot of ego is, is, you know, typically quite misplaced, you know, and not, not a, not a space power for, for people. Um, so anything that you'd like to share before my final question that we haven't hit on Phil? No, nothing too much. I feel like we we've covered a decent amount of what I what I would like to uh, kind of go with here today. I am uh, pretty excited for the last question there. You know, I, I think I have an idea of what the last question is. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, when so, Phil, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? Yeah, um, you know, this is the, uh, the number one question that uh, you know I hear on every one of the podcasts, yeah. um, and I love this question. Uh, I think of a few things. The first thing is, you know, I think of someone who doesn't wait for opportunity to knock on their door, Okay. right? They go out, they go and find opportunity, right? Um, at the end of the day, you know, we have an amazing recruiting season. We are going to reach out to people and, and knock on their door. Right. And that doesn't mean that that person's not a leader of tomorrow. Right. But I think someone who's actively out there looking for something that, you know, can better themselves um, and set themselves up for even more success in life is, you know, um, a really good attribute. And then also someone who not only works hard, but also reflects hard. I think that's a big miss that I had in my first couple of years because it was so easy, like so easy to get caught up in the, you know, day to day, get home, drop your work. Perfect. Let's start up again tomorrow. Right. right? If you want to be a leader or, a, you know, a leader of tomorrow and you want to have people look, you know, look up to you, you need to know yourself very well. You need to know your strengths, right. your weaknesses, and you have to, you know, actively look to transition those weaknesses into strengths. Right. Um, I think those are two of the biggest things um, that I see or think of when I think of a leader of tomorrow. I love that answer. Uh, reflect hard, you know? Yeah. It's just, you know, and, and also reflect with a soft gaze, you know? So, cause I think a lot of times we will be you know, really hard on ourselves. And that's not what Phil meant. Or Phil meant, let's look, you know, let's you know um, the Navy SEALs. Actually, there's a bunch of uh, consultants out there who work with the Navy SEALs and they they come out into the consulting world, into the entrepreneur world. And, uh, you know, one of the big things they use a checklist. They go into some type of uh, situation and they have a plan. Here's the plan. And then at the end, they evaluate. How do we do the plan? Did we do the plan? How did we execute? And that's the best way to constantly make improvements. And again, without, you know, morality, oh, 
dummy, you didn't do this, or what we, no, 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 just, okay, what happened? And softly, and what can we do next? Or what did we miss? And then how could we become more reliable in the future uh, so that we can, you know, again, make sure that we finish off that canvassing session or make sure we're dressed warmly enough or, or you know, uh, you, you know, whatever, whatever the missing integrity was so that we can be our word consistently. So I just, I just love that, Phil. So Phil, thanks so much for jumping on the pod. It was about time. And uh, <laughs> uh, and and continued success. I know you're one of the leading contenders for you know mini uh, district manager coach uh, so far, or coach of the year. So you and your team are crushing it. So let's keep crushing it. And uh, and and again, you know, one of the great things how we see uh, success in our program is is that our top coaches, our top operators, you know, just continue to push those levels higher which again, have other people try to push those levels higher. And again, in a cooperative way. So it's like, okay, look how Phil's doing. Oh, look how Kate's doing. Look how whoever's doing, you know, you know, Caitlin's doing, and it really, really drives everybody's performance level. So, so you keep crushing it. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, just to put it on the air, I am pushing for uh, the, uh, the trophy there. So I'll keep working. Awesome. I'll keep uh, growing with the team and uh, see what we can uh, see what success stories we can make this year. Fantastic. So let's enroll that team, you know, make it, make it a cause. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much, Phil. Anytime. Have a good one. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit Leaders Podcast ca slash apply and start your application process today once again it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and i can't wait to see you on the other side